0: There you go. Uh, Let me let me ask you a question. Just just um, even if you don't ever raise your hand in church, would you do it tonight for me? If this is true, who's took a spinning class? Just leave leave your hands up. Just leave your hands up. It's nothing like that, by the way. Fantastic. You can put quite a few people. Well, come on, give them a round of applause. All those people who ever took a spinning class tonight. Don't feel left out if you didn't raise your hand. Because we're going to take a spiritual spinning class tonight. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've come across, uh, those of you who've done spinning class or even those who haven't, uh, this thing called Soul Cycle. I'd never come across it till the other day. I was thinking of a, a title for my message. I got my message tonight and I wanted a title. And so I walked into it. We got a few people down here. And I said, anybody under the age of 30, I need a title for my message Sunday night. Um, so a few people had to leave the room. Um, and uh, Judith came up with this Soul Cycle. And that's the title of my message. I don't know if you've come across Soul cycle. It's a spinning class that says it's primarily focused, uh, not focused on your physical health, but on your, the health of your soul. Here's a few shots from their website. So just to let you see. Um, this is uh, one of the landing pages you get on. New to soul, you see up the top. There's the spinning class there in dark rooms like this. Maybe we could hire it out for Soul Cycle, couldn't we? We move people to move the world. What about the next slide, the next page? What we mean, mind, it's mind-altering fitness, which sounds a little bit weird, that, doesn't it? But what, what they mean is, imagine walking into SoulCycle, carrying the weight of your day, week, year, and coming out feeling refreshed, recharged, and ready to slay the day. Woo! That shift is mind altering. The ride is the same for everyone, but your journey is unique. So, next time you're on that bike, make sure you look for your journey and you'll find it. What about this next one? I'll come to this side. Your new pack. This is it. We are nicking this slogan. 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 I'm sure that's the right word in some language. The moment you walk into Soul Cycle, You go from solo to surrounded. Just like that. Tap into the energy of the room. Tap up. Take up space because you belong. Like They're nearly as good as us, aren't they? On your brightest day and in your darkest hour, your pack is here for you. I don't know if you thought what I thought when I looked at their website. Thank you, Judith, by the way. That could be a church website. That should be a church website, shouldn't it? Oh, and and by the way, if you're here tonight and this is your first time to Icon Church, forgive me, I should have done this right at the beginning of the message. My name's Paul, uh, together with Gina, we're lead pastors. I want to give you a huge welcome if this is your first time to Icon Church. When when I got involved in that website because of Judith, uh, I just thought that could be a church website. It starts off right at the beginning new to soul, new to church, question mark. And then they've got that slogan we move people to move the world. And tapping into purpose, meaning, vision for our lives. It's about a mental shift, it's mind altering fitness. Your new pack. Maybe you could throw that one up again your new pack the moment you walk into soul cycle you go from solo to surrounded uh, they've got better slogans than us you belong here we say um, you know and uh, they say you go from solo to surrounded. take up space because you belong on your brightest day and in your darkest hour your pack is here for you Do you know what I loved about this website and what I love about this idea is that they recognize that the health of your soul is the most important thing and is actually the key to the health of the rest of your life. You know, I believe we know that instinctively too, that actually change happens first on the inside. We know that if we just change the outside, the circumstances, or what, looks, uh, the, uh, what things look like, but the inside doesn't change, we know that's not real change at all, don't we? Our soul, our mind, our emotions, our will is the key to the health of everything else within our lives. And that knowledge that our soul is the key to health, our mind, our emotions, our will, our thinking, our desires and our decisions, that's not new, that, that idea that that's the key. It's been around for thousands of years. In fact, the scriptures have been teaching us this for thousands of years that this is the key. God, for generations, has been saying this to his people because his goal for each and every one of us is life and life to the full. He wants us on a spiritual spinning class, bringing health to our whole bodies. Look at this verse. It's 3 John 1 and verse 2. 3 John actually only has one chapter, so sometimes you drop the one. 3 John 2, it says this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. But here's the thing. Here's the challenge. We focus on externals. Rather than focusing on our soul, our heart, our mind, our emotions, our will, the internal stuff that ultimately that will change everything else, we focus on externals. We know sometimes we do that sometimes because we know our heart, in our heart, the real us, is, is not something that we tend to want to expose. Jeremiah, one of the Old Testament prophets, actually said about the human heart that it can become the most deceitful thing there is. So we fake it, don't we? Our insta-life can become way more interesting than our real life, our insta-life. We focus on externals because we underestimate the grace of God. We underestimate God's love for us. We underestimate God's favor. We undervalue his grace. Grace... It just means God's mercy, grace is God's favor shown to us. God's disposition to love us and to like us. A survey was done of uh, hundreds of people who go to church. And they were asked, if you could walk right now into God's presence, how would God feel when he saw you? What a great question. How would God feel when he saw you? The highest response by a mile was God would feel disappointed. Disappointed because I'm not crushing it. I'm not winning in life. I'm not doing as well as I could be. Uh, Disappointed because I'm struggling with this temptation or I'm struggling with this habit. I'm struggling with this sin. I'm struggling with whatever. I'm struggling with this. Disappointed because I'm not committed enough disappointed because I'm lazy disappointed was by far the biggest response but these responses are not the responses of a healthy soul when it comes to the kingdom of God but they are common these are not the responses of a soul that is refreshed recharged and in the words of soul cycle ready to slay the day did you like that Uh, so it was so good what if I told you this, that when you walk into God's presence, disappointed is not the emotion he feels. When you walk into God's presence, the emotion God feels is not disappointment. The emotion God feels is delight. Some of you don't believe that yet, but I want you to believe it tonight. That when you walk into God's presence, the emotion he feels As he sees you, as you're there, as you say in a morning, in an afternoon, in an evening, in your car, when you're washing the dish, whatever you're doing, and you say, Jesus, I'm here. The emotion he feels is not disappointment, it's delight. Psalm 18 and verse 19 says this, he brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Uh, Zephaniah, that's the book we've all read, Uh, Zephaniah says this, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? He'll take delight in you and he'll actually rejoice over you with singing. Maybe God's got a song just about you, Rachel Hall, about to click that in camera. Maybe it's Rachel. She's my girlfriend. No, I mean, she's not my girlfriend, by the way. Whatever. whatever. Maybe God has got a song. Sorry, Ben, Ben, I lie. I'm just playing. Maybe God has got a song because he delights in you. When God sees you, and me, when we open our hearts and we say, Jesus, I'm here, God's response is, you're here, I'm so pleased, I've been waiting for you. But I feel guilty, I feel a disappointment, I feel like this might not go well, but God says this to us, Jesus said, Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, come to me, all you who were weary, And carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and my yoke means teaching. Take my teaching upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke teaching is easy to bear. People think they're going to come to Jesus and he's just going to give them this like tough, the toughest workout ever. You know, but Jesus said, my teaching is going to be easy for you to bear. And the burden I give you is light. Let me tell you why a healthy soul matters. Till we get into our spin cycle. Are you ready? A healthy soul matters because a poor soul makes poor decisions. A healthy soul applies God's wisdom and truth. A poor soul makes poor choices. A poor soul has an impoverished outlook. In other words, it looks at the future with fear. But a healthy soul looks at the future with optimism and faith. Uh, When Jeannie and I um, were uh, uh, married, we're still married. (laughs) Thankfully. Praise God. 37 years this year. Awesome. Fantastic. And... uh, I just want to make 40. I mean, I'm like, I'm going to be done at 40, I'll tell you. But anyway, no, 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 I'm joking. And uh, we were, uh, well, Jeannie was pregnant with Nathan. We went to a friend's house. This is true. We went to a friend's house, and one of their older teenage children said this to me. said, like, we're not going to have any children. I'm not going to have any children. And so I'd really, made that decision, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this world is just going to get worse and worse and worse. And if I were you, I wouldn't have any more children. Well, thanks, 19-year-old wise one. (laughs) By the way, they did end up with three children. (laughs) Liars. But anyway, but that conversation came from an impoverished soul fearing the future fearing the future but a soul that comes from health actually has faith and optimism and even though we might fear what our kids will face in the world to come we know that god is still alive and well in 2022 2032 2042 and he'll be with them a healthy soul matters because uh, this, a poor soul has defeatist and negative tendencies. But a healthy soul knows that God can be in control. God is in control and that God is good. So how do we move from an unhealthy soul to a healthy soul? That's what our spinning class is all about. And so for the next few minutes, we're going to do a biblical soul cycle. I'm so glad Judith gave me this. I'm like so enjoying this message. Welcome to your spiritual spinning class. Are you ready? Three sections. Okay, the first is this. How do you move from a healthy soul? Sorry, unhealthy to a healthy soul. Number one, silence your soul. Your soul, your mind, your emotions, your will, is talking to you. It's talking to you all the time. Your inner dialogue, it's speaking to you. And it could well be negative, fearful, or self critical. We need to silence the noise in our soul. I got permission to tell you this because uh, um, uh, this illustration, because this happened just this week. And this is somebody who's got a healthy soul, in my opinion. And, uh, and it was Jeannie. And uh, so I've got permission. I believe I have. Well, yes, I have. So I said to Jeannie, we're in the car the other day, and I said, Jeannie, you, you know, you did a great job as a mum to our kids. That's how you stay married for 37 years, by the way. Jeannie, you did a great job as a mum to our kids. Jeannie replied, I don't think I did. I don't think I did a great job. See, that just sounds like a normal conversation, right? There's nothing harmful there. But now I want you to imagine that's Jeannie talking to herself. She's left her body and she's over there. It's weird, I know this message, but it's all right. And she's speaking to herself Jeannie, you didn't do a good job as a mum. You didn't do a good job with your children. That's what's happened. That's her soul speaking to herself. I talked recently to our staff about one of the problems we face is the problem of self-depreciation or putting ourselves down. It's the most negative response that we have. It's a a response of self-sabotage. Sometimes we're wanting to appear humble, but we can't receive a compliment. Uh, You look nice today. Oh, I don't think I do. You just stepped outside of yourself and said, you're ugly. That's what you've said to yourself. You know, or, 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 or we talk in negative terms to and about ourselves. Imagine if I'd said to Jeannie, I don't think you did a very good job with our kids. <laughs> Imagine if I said that over and over again. But in many of our lives, the negative things that our soul can say, we repeat Over and over and over again. We say things to ourselves like you're no good. You're ugly. You're stupid. You're limited. You failed whatever. I believe that right now God is saying silence your soul. Silence your soul. The psalmist said it like this in Psalm 131 and verse 2. He said instead I have calmed and quieted myself. Like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a wean child, that's a child that's fed. If you don't know what weaned is, is my soul within me. Child that's full, stuffed with its milk. It's just relaxed and it's quiet to itself. The next time you feel that your soul, your mind, your emotions, your will is just screaming those negative things at you. Silence it. Make it go quiet. Make it shut up. Uh, Psalm 62 and verse 5 says this. Let all that I ha- am wait quietly before God. For my hope is in him. You know, uh, David says this. Look where, look where he has his um, hope. It's in God. And so because his hope is in God, he's going to quieten his fears Is going to quieten his anxiety and his worries. You see, in this moment, he says this, he's fleeing for his life. And he's hiding in a cave. And he says, let everything I am, all my being, wait quietly for God in this moment. He's got fear, he's got worry, he's got all kinds of emotions that are screaming at his soul. And he says, my hope is in God. Silence your soul. You know, this applies whether tonight you're in this room and you're 14, 16, 18, 20, and all the ages in between, by the way, 30, and in between 40, 50, anyway, you understand what I'm saying. All of us need to silence our soul. Well done. You're through cycle number one. Cycle number two is this, educate your soul. Educate your soul. Quiet your soul. Educate your soul. Hosea 4 and verse 6 says this. Hosea is an Old Testament prophet. And he says, My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. When you come to Christ, when you come to know Jesus... Um, Your soul already knows certain things. Your soul already has had an education from your past history. It has a knowledge learned through your experiences, through your environment, through your education, through your peers and authority figures in your life. But when you receive Jesus into your life, there's a new king that's come on the block. His name is Jesus, and he's going to re-educate your soul. He's going to re-educate your mind, your emotions, your will. And your soul, if you will allow him, is going to learn some new things. And he is going to transform you on the inside, which will result in everything on the outside changing too. See, you're not a disappointment to God. That may be a re-education tonight. It would be a re-education for those hundreds of people who were surveyed, who said, the thing I think God feels is disappointment. We need to re-educate ourselves. No, God delights in you. He delights in you so much that he goes weird about it and sings a song about you. God loves us unconditionally. I love this, these verses, Romans chapter 5, verses 6 and 8, I'm reading. It says this, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ, Jesus, died for the ungodly. He didn't wait till we had strength. He didn't wait till we were worthy. He didn't wait. He died when we were powerless. He didn't wait till we could do something for him. He died for us when we were at our weakest point. What about the next verse, verse 8? It says, but God demonstrates his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God doesn't love us. God doesn't love us because what we can give back. He loves us because we are is." God doesn't love us for what he can get out of us. He just loves us because we're is. God doesn't delight in you. Because of what he can get from you. He delights in you because you're his. A healthy soul is a re-educated soul. And a re-educated soul is a soul that accepts what God says about us. can't go into it, but let me show you some of the things I did with our staff just on the the soul. We have this response of self-depreciation that I mentioned, which is a negative view of self. It's what I say about myself. And I don't realize it, but I'm stepping out of myself when I'm talking. And then there's self-consciousness. What do you think about me? Usually that's negative too, isn't it? Or what others? But then self-awareness, true self-awareness. What I know God says about me. You know, you think self-aware is just being aware of who you are and everything you do, your strengths, your weaknesses, your fail. I believe true self-awareness, spiritual self-awareness is knowing what God says about you. We need to educate our soul in what God says. He knows better. He knows you better than you know yourself. I love that. Again the psalm is psalm 139:14 I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When was the last time you stepped outside of yourself and you said, "Paul, you are fearfully and wonderfully made." When you looked at yourself and said, "God, I thank you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful." He's talking about himself. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. I know that full well. Whatever your weaknesses, whatever your sins, whatever your failures, you have been made in the image of God. And and your your soul needs re-educating to the fact that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Cycle number one, silence your soul. Cycle number two, educate your soul. Our soul circle cycle is nearly over. But we got one final push. How are you doing? I think you're doing great. But there's something different about a spiritual soul cycle. When you go to soul cycle and you're in their dark room and the, the music starts playing and the bass is pumping, you start slow and you get faster and faster and faster. Slow a little bit. But you get, ultimately you get to as fast as you can. A spiritual soul, soul cycle is you start super fast because you're striving. You're trying to please God. You're trying to do it all in your own strength. But when you've done the soul cycle, you get slower and slower, slower because you get to a place of rest in who God says, I am. The psalmist, the third cycle is this teach your soul to boast to boast the psalmist psalm 34 and verse 2 says i will boast only in the lord let all who are helpless take heart i want to show you another page from soul cycles website i didn't show you this one at the beginning but i want to show you because this is where they and us are different in everything else. I love what they do, but this is where we're different. On the surface, we're a forty five minute cardio dance party on a bike. <laughs> yeah, woohoo. But riding is at SoulCycle is so much more than that. It's more than stationary bikes, it's more than a darkened room. It's even more than our magical grapefruit candles. Gavin, if you can arrange for us to have magical (laughs) grapefruit candles in this building next week, that will be wonderful. I don't just want grapefruit candles, I want magical grapefruit candles, okay? It's you. It's a soul site. It's you pushing the pedals, pushing yourself, pushing each other until you've shed what was and you've pedalled toward what could be, what will be. In every single class, we offer growth, journey, progress. We affect, awaken, ignite a passion. Push, 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 push. Work, 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 work. Strive, 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 strive. cycle looks brilliant, and it probably is brilliant. I love their vision. I love their purpose. I love their desire to create a healthy soul. I think it's admirable and I think it's powerful, but look where the power lies. Look where the boast is. It's you. It's you striving. It's you pushing. It's you. Push those pedals, push yourself and push each other. But in God's kingdom, the key isn't pushing, it's trusting, it's resting. And leaning on what Jesus has already done. When you first become a Christian, you think it's just like soul cycle. I've got to work at this. I've got to work so hard to please God. I've got to work so hard to be a good Christian. I've got to work so hard to overcome. But then you learn to trust, to lean on Jesus, to lean on his grace. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. The worship team are going to come back. It's boasting not about you and your ability or my ability, but it's boasting about his victory. You see, on the cross, Jesus came as God's son. And on the cross, he took all our enemies, sin, Satan, worry, anxiety, inadequacy, fear. He took them into himself And he carried them onto the cross. The Bible says it like this. He became sin for us. That phrase means he took everything that was against us. Everything that was uh, negative towards us. He took it into himself and he nailed it to a cross. It's boasting about his victory. It's resting in his victory. Living from the place that he has won the victory death is defeated anxiety is defeated all our enemies have been defeated and I can live in his victory and I can live out his victory in the world it's praising his power that he has the ability to set us free that he has the ability to change our inner man and inner woman that to bring us freedom it's positioning ourselves in his presence not pushing but trusting not striving but abiding resting it's not work, work, work it's grace, grace, grace it's not do, do, do it's done, done, done on the cross the kingdom of God is not do these ten things and you'll be okay it's become this new person, this new creation in Christ by being with Jesus. Change on the inside and that will change everything on the outside. And actually, you'll be more than okay. Way more than okay. Boast in him. Celebrate his victory. Lean on what he has done. Praise his power. Boasting in his power because he can set you free. And positioning ourselves in his presence for thousands of years as I've said God has been speaking to his people about a healthy soul but so often we think that soul health is like physical health it's just work, work, work do, do, do instead of resting in what's been done for us starting there and seeing God transform he'll transform our actions he'll transform our environment he'll transform our world around us But he does it by transforming our soul on the inside. Are you with me? So tonight, here's what we can take away from this, our three cycles. We need to silence our soul. I know I'm speaking, teaching every one of us tonight. We need to go from that negative self-depreciation. Because God doesn't want you trash-talking yourself. I mean, God does not want you trash-talking yourself. I think, I think tonight I'm talking to somebody that maybe you would feel like if you were to step into and see the face of God, his presence, you would just think, I'm, is going to be disappointed? He's going to say, I've been waiting for you. I delight in you. You're my son. You're my daughter. We need to silence our soul. The second thing is we need to educate our soul to learn what God says about us. Not what you say or what you think others say. Those are comparatively irrelevant. What God says about us is the highest thing. Educate our soul. And we need to keep boasting, boasting, boasting in what Jesus has done. It's why worship is so powerful. It's why being in church, in God's presence, is so powerful because that's our spiritual spin cycle. So here's what you and I can do as a response to this message. Number one, keep showing up. Keep showing up. Keep going to our spin cycle, God's house, the church, where we boast and celebrate what God has done through praise, where we educate our soul about what God says and where the noise that is in our soul gets quietened down and silenced. And we just keep coming back. We're taking our soul cycle class. Keep showing up. Meet your new pack. Meet your new pack. Connect with people. Join a connect group because God has got some people. Take up space. Say, I belong here. Icon Church is my church. I belong here. Take up space because you belong here. Welcome home. Meet your new pack the third thing is trust God with everything and give it to Him give it to Him worries, fears, anxieties you may have thought the Christian life is like this I've got to try so hard, i got to pedal and push so hard but actually, spiritual life often starts like that but it just gets slower sounds good to me Imagine that you could go to a 45-minute spin class and just pedal like this with your earbuds in. No sweat. You're looking at everybody else, killing themselves. (laughs) Looking at Molly over there, and she's about to die. And you're just praying for her. Lord, don't let Molly die on that bike, please, in Jesus' name. Don't let that happen. And you're just peddling away and you meet Molly in the cafeteria afterwards and, you know Molly's got her juice drink spinach kale juice drink every time she takes a sip she's screwing up her face She's still sweating because she works so hard. And you've got Sunday morning church cake. (laughs) But you're losing weight and she's not. (laughs) I know I'm making fun, but you understand that the kingdom of God is not striving, pushing, working harder and harder. It's trusting, it's leaning, it's abiding, it's resting. 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, and then I'm finished. It says this, cast all your anxiety on him. Let it go. Cast it on him because he cares for you. He's, he's doing all the heavy lifting here. He's done all the work on the cross so that you and I can cast it on him. Come on, let's stand and let's pray. Maybe God's spoken to you tonight about some area of what I've spoken about tonight and and you say, God, that's me. I feel like that. I think if I met you face to face, you'd be disappointed because I know my heart and I know who I am. I want you to give that to God tonight. I want you to let him educate your soul. I want you to let him refresh and renew your soul. Maybe you've got fear and worry and anxiety. Maybe you're you're really fearful about your children or the future. Don't give that to God. I'm so glad we had children. Like if we hadn't have had children, we'd have never had grandchildren. I'm so glad. But maybe God's spoken to you about something, whatever that is. Just in these few seconds while I pray. God doesn't need a long time to to work, doesn't need us to wait here for another hour to have a miracle, God can do something in your heart in a second, in a moment you just give it to God just give it to God, just say God maybe you're here tonight and you, you don't know if God's real you just cry out to Him and say God if you're real I've got these anxieties I've got this worry, I've got this fear I'm just handing it over to you tonight in Jesus name bow your heads just do that just give it to him Lord I thank you tonight we've had fun but this message is so powerful that we need to rest and abide in you and even you know trying to work for you and trying to see you do things through our lives and in our lives affect other people God so often we get into effort 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 There's things we need to do, and you don't call us to be lazy, but we know that it all starts with resting, trusting, leaning, abiding in you. And Jesus, I ask you to come and speak to each and every heart in this place tonight. Right now, I'm just going to be quiet for 10 seconds, Lord. And I pray in those 10 seconds you will move powerfully in people's hearts tonight. You will lift burdens. You'll lift sicknesses. You'll lift worries, fears, anxieties, things that people are just so stressed about tonight. God, that you'll lift them. I ask you in Jesus' name to do that.